Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acree. And this upcoming interview that we're going to do, we actually recorded virtual over Zoom. I can't remember why. Was it a snow day? Is that what happened? It was. We yeah, it was a snow day. Snow. We got trapped. Ironically, we're sitting here filming and we see snow pouring down outside again. It's another five inches coming <laughs> so down. So we might be stuck here again. But hey, this interview was really great. We got to meet with another Canadian real estate agent. Her name is Patricia Katiki. And she talks a lot about kind of what she's done to grow her team. She's got a team of six uh, at EXP. And then we kind of get into, I think, the real valuable part of it. Yep. Well, what's interesting is we never really talk about this topic of team building very much, but it's an inflection point that so many small businesses are at because you're at this point where you're making money, you're doing well, but you're actually doing the work and you're trying to make the decision whether you jump. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview to hear from someone who has made the jump into team building. And then I love it when we get into the daily activities that a real estate agent, and really I think this applies, or I know this applies to every other industry. She literally goes... If you're not doing 25 of X, you're not even working. So you got to listen to the interview to hear what X is. That's coming up in just a second. But first, we want to read this week's featured review. This comes from Apple Podcasts from user 236454. So thank you, user (laughs) 236454 via Apple Podcasts. They say, wow, five stars. This podcast is super helpful in learning how to upgrade sales and marketing for your business. The hosts are passionate, knowledgeable, and fun to listen to. Listen and hear for yourself. So thanks so much for leaving that review. If you want to help out the show, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a review to let us know how we're doing. And now this week's interview. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Patricia, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks so much for being here. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you on the show, Patricia. In fact, we were having a, a sales morning huddle. We do these morning huddles with our sales team every single day. And our sales, our vice president of sales was talking this morning. And one of the things he was quoting was Simon Sinek, which he says one of the keys to leadership is when you have found success is taking someone with you. Uh, that's one of the keys to leadership. So it's awesome to hear you're passionate about helping other agents find that success out there. I want to dive right in because you have experience in building out teams. Um, you've done this successfully, obviously, in your own career. And I would love to pick your brain kind of on this question because we have a lot of listeners who are at an inflection point probably in their business. They're doing some business and they don't know when is the right time to actually get a team. And what are the different aspects of a team that you should think about? So if you could kind of dive right in and talk to us a little bit about, like, how do you know when you need an actual team in real estate? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that's kind of the most important question when you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm a successful agent. I'm doing well. Um, You know, should I just keep doing what what I'm doing? Or is there something else, uh, you know, on the other side of this? Um, And so for me, I think a lot of people might answer that question in terms of like metrics or number of deals. But I think for me, part of that is really understanding when you're maxed out. Because I think that's the point where you really want to think about building a team. So when you are so maxed out that you can't possibly do any more deals, 
but you know you're leaving money on the table and you know you're leaving deals on the table. Um, and I think that there's a wide range within that. Like, I mean, I think that could be anywhere from 40 to 100 deals, depending on who you are and, and how you want to spend your time um, as well. Um, but basically, you know, you're, you're a high producing agent, a relatively high producing agent, you're making a lot of money, you're out in the field, you're leaving deals on the table, you're also exhausted and you're burnt out. I think those are also things to check. Yes, the key, the key warning signs that you are not enjoying your life. Your business is running you. You're not running your business. I'm curious because in the industry, there was a lot of talk, at least in the last two years, how it's a team business now, that if you're a single agent, you're going to be out of the business type idea. That might be a little extreme, but a lot of people would say, hey, the new model, the, the teams are going to dominate. What do you feel about that? I mean, I think that's okay. I, I, I think that um, really being able to have quality of service permeate from like that top team leader or that top producer down is still going to be really important. Um, I don't know if I would say it's only going to be a team-dominated model, but I think that when you want to understand how you want to live your life and whether or not you want your career to consume your whole life, um, that's when deciding whether or not a team's right for you is important. I think there's a lot of really top producing agents, really high producing agents that are operating perfectly fine with maybe the help of a couple of transaction coordinators and, you know, some runners or something like that too. So I don't think it's the only way to go. Um, but I think it can solve a lot of problems if you're going to take it on. What's the first step then? Let's say you've, you've kind of got to the point where you've decided that you're ready to bring some help on. Who do you hire first? How do you start the team building process? Yeah, great question. So obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, the first step, if you, if you don't know what the first step is, I mean, you want to figure out what you can delegate and what you can automate. Number one, just really go through, you know, what do you do in a day, figure out what you can get off your plate and how you can free up time, because you are going to have to start filling that time with things that um, um, are necessary for growing your team. But your first hire should be a key administrative position. Right. So somebody that can uh, uh, take care of clients and take care and keep your clients happy um, so that you can free up as much of your time as possible to move on to hiring, recruiting, training and all that kind of stuff while you're still bringing in cash through the front door. Because a lot of times, too, in the early days, you're going to be you're still going to be um, the person that's responsible for the most amount of sales. And you're probably still going to be bringing in most of the money through the front door in the very early days. Do you think that um, the team leader, the person that, that you're building the team, should you ever leave the sale or should you always be involved in the sale? I have my own opinion on this, but I want to yeah. hear yours. <laughs> I'm to see. Um, I think that's also a question of philosophy and how you okay. want to set up your business and how you want to set up your life and live your life. From a personal perspective, I think getting out of production should be the goal. So for me, the team was like the next evolution up. And then... Um, and and now it's like, okay, well, who else can I help? What else can I do if I'm not in the trenches and I'm not in production every day? I love that answer. Yeah, it's it's the hardest thing to ultimately let go, in my opinion. But it and to arrive as the business owner, you have to be able to delegate out the sale. Now, here's the caveat I tend to give to people. It should be the last thing that you give up. And it should be something that you should still analyze every single day. And the reason why I think that is because, look, sales solves all pain. Like, I mean, like you can have problems in operations, you can have problems in marketing, you can have problems throughout your whole team. But if you're bringing enough deals, 
the revenue will solve that pain, even though you're still wasting money. So you got to still focus on the sale, but it's the hardest thing to let go. And I think what a lot of agents do, and I'm curious about what your opinion on is this, is I think it's the first thing they let go is the sale because they don't want to do the cold calling. They don't want to do the prospecting, the door knocking. They don't want to do, which is the rejection part of the business. They don't want to do that. So they want to delegate that off. I think it should be the last thing you delegate, but it's the highest level of transitioning out to being the business owner because you're the you were the rainmaker now you're the business owner what's your thoughts there yeah i actually think that's the biggest the most challenging part to some people like i know for me personally the hardest thing was letting go of the sales because i was so good at sales um i was also the top salesperson even when my team first got started for a very long time and actually for me it was like an ego check it was like okay now i have to recognize that there's a lot of other good sales people or there's other good sales people or team of six people um and that they're um they're good they're going to be able to bring in the revenue and they're going to be able to do the 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 level of production that the team needs so it was funny cuz for me the team came to me and was like we got this like we're really good at this now and like you can go ahead and focus on other things <laughs> Um, so definitely, I think part of that too is also uh, letting go, right? Letting go of control because when you're in control of your numbers and you're in control of your sales, you can get up every morning and control the number of contacts you make and the number of contacts you write and all those kinds of things. But when you want to start, when you want to step out of production, yes, you have to be conscious of not doing it too soon, um, obviously for revenue purposes. But there is a flip side to that, which is being conscious of when you have a strong enough team and it's time to let go and let everybody do the roles that they're supposed to do as well. So what's the methodology that you use to like delegate out? Um, like if I'm a team leader right now or I'm someone who's starting a team, like what's a methodology or framework? What tasks should I give out? What tasks should I keep? So on a very simplistic and basic level, like if you're just a solo agent and you're just starting this thought process, I would say write everything down. And for me, what I did is like a one week exercise. And you, there's a lot of training programs out there. You can literally just download forms or, you know, uh, Workman Success Systems was one that we that I used to like get the, the key activities down and really focus on what am I doing every single day? How do I spend my time? So I would like set a timer for every 30 minutes and literally monitor what I was doing every day for 30 wow. minutes. And then um, from there, it, it really helped me see how I'm spending my time and what I can just get rid of. So at the end of that week, I sat down and went, okay, here's all the $10 an hour, all the $15 an hour jobs. Those are gone. Here's all the things that can be automated. Those are gone. And then really um, nailed that down to my highest leverage activities and made that like my calendar was like my Bible every morning I woke mm. up and that was what had to happen. Right. Um, and then from there, the, 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 the HLAs, like your highest leverage activities are going to change as your business grows and evolves, but it's really being conscious of that right from day one, when you make this decision to start giving stuff away, really being conscious of how you're spending your time. Are you going to inspections when you don't need to be going to inspections? You know, things like that, that you can just get rid of right away. Man, there's so signs, it's... you know, things like that. So many golden nuggets in what you just said. Um, I think what's so interesting is like people forget to actually document what they're doing. I, I heard a great analogy. I forget if it was Tom Ferry or who said it. He uses the red light, yellow light, green light. And you basically document what are the tasks in the red light that you hate and the yellow light that you're like, eh, I can do them, but I don't prefer it. And the green light I love. And he said, when you document those out in red light, yellow light, green light, your red light is the job description for the, your person you want to hire. And then another key golden nugget that you said with this high leverage activities that I want to make sure the audience catches is you said, 
what are the minimum wage type activities that you can delegate out because you're worth so much more your time that's not you know demeaning the person who's going to take on those tasks but you need to like rich people they won't mow their lawn sometimes not because <laughs> mowing the lawn is beneath them right it's because mowing the lawn they know they can use that hour and a half to go make $2000 versus spending the time and energy it takes to mow the lawn so you got to think about your business that way where do you focus your time which is the highest leverage right the highest value I thought that was a great point absolutely absolutely and it's going to look different in the beginning when you're starting your team um, and when you're figuring out how are you guys going to operate, are you going to need a physical space? Are you going to do this all virtually? I mean, now there's even different dynamics into figuring out what you need to get your team off the ground. Um, and then it's going to look different when you're a year in and it's going to look different. So I'm in my third year now. Um, our team's kind of going into our third year. So we're still a relatively young team, but we've also kind of applied stuff fairly quickly along the way as well. How big um, is your team right now? So my team is six agents. Okay. Um, we're six agents and three admins. Uh, we did 125 deals last year and Ooh. we're on track to double that this year. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you, what, oh, sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, what was your biggest failure when you started the team? Oh, that's a good question. So <laughs> I feel like there's more than just the one, but the biggest failure when I first started the team, honestly, I think it was feeling like I had to do everything myself. Like I had to be so down in the trenches. So for me, there was a lot of like imposter syndrome at the beginning when I started the team. And I was like, who am I to say that, to tell these people what to do and how they have to do it and how many deals they had to do. So I made it a point that everything I asked somebody to do, I had done it at a high level or done it really well myself first. Mm. Um, and there's times when that did serve me well, but there's times when that was actually became a crutch. And, um, so just really getting your own ego out of there and, and like letting other people shine as, as quickly as possible. Cause they want to help you and they want to support you and they want the whole team to move faster, uh, forward faster as well. I've also yeah. found, I keep cutting you off, Josh. I'm sorry. I just get too excited <laughs> on this. It's virtual setting. Um, but I would tell you this is like one of the things that I learned in leadership and team building is telling people, I hired you to do this. Meaning like, I trust you. I expect you to generate the results. Meaning like, hey, I, I'm not the best. Let, let's say it's social media. Uh, that's why I hired you. Like, that's why you're here. I mean, like, you know what to do. I expect the results. Go do it. And that actually empowers people more than it makes them feel like the, pr it makes them feel the pressure, but it empowers them. Hey, I hired you. I trust you. Go do it. Um, yeah. And expect them to do it. Totally. There's yeah. a great book called um, Who Not How that I just got done reading. And like the idea of bringing somebody else on in your business, you have to realize there are people, if you find the right who for what you're looking to accomplish, there are people that love doing that. You might not love doing it, but they actually want to do it for you. So I guess talk a little bit about um, some of the leadership skills that you had to kind of acquire from going from a solo agent to running a team, holding people accountable, right? How has that kind of uh, been as you've continued to grow the team and then scaled it? I imagine it's kind of like when you have two kids, you don't, it's not just adding a kid. You like quadruple the response because now you have like eight different relationships to manage versus just one. How's that been? Totally. Um, they're actually, I'm going to check out this book and to kind of throw another book at that answer is um, Scaling Up. 
And in that book, um, it, they basically say every person you add to your organization adds a level of like 10x level of complexity, right? Because there's all the things that go along with that. But we're really big on filling the right seats on the bus. And so that's kind of like the mentality or the mind frame that I had to go into was like, okay, <clears throat> this is about all of us are going in the same direction. We all want a certain level of success from the team. And we all want to be associated with a certain level of success. So also we've hired people for certain roles. Like we hired an ISA and they turned out to not be the world's best ISA, but they were a phenomenal client care manager. And we were like, Hey, you're spending a lot of time like coddling stuff. And you know, KPIs say you should be doing like each call within like five minutes and closing this many but people just love you. How do you do that, right? And so then we realized, hey, you are totally not in the right role, but you still have a seat on this bus and you're still valuable. And now this person um, is just amazing with clients and amazing with client care. Um, so I think it's being able to recognize that a little bit too. So yes, you do have to start... The skills you had as an agent that made you a good realtor may need to change in order to be a good team leader. And you might have to leave your former self at the door and, you know, kind of be willing to acquire new skills and learn new, um, just like develop new, new skills to be able to step into the leadership role. We do something really similar um, at Reminder Media, our company. It's like we have a ton of our people that haven't made it in sales but they've ended up being some of our best client success managers. Um, like they, they started out, but hunting wasn't their thing. But right. being open-minded enough to be like, hey, what is this skill set? And then I thought what you said is so key. In order to have a great team, everyone has to be aligned in vision. Because the team is like a boat, you're get, or the company's the boat, you're all getting on with your oar, you're sticking your oar in the water. If you don't row in the same direction, you row in a circle, right? And so you know, you're going nowhere. And so the reality is, is if you can get people all with the same vision, a lot of times you can find a place for them on the boat, especially if they have a skill set. But at the same time, you also have to be careful to not let your heart overtake you to where you're it's not a charity. You're not running a charity, right? Your team is not a charity. Uh, so yeah. you also have to have the standard. So I thought that was a great point, putting people on the right seat of the bus. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. So, you know, part of the skills are um, being being willing to hire, being willing to fire, right? You have to learn how to promote people, recognize skills in other people. Um, so, so that was like one example. Another thing that we started this year is a leadership team. So three of our agents have just really excelled they've become higher producing agents and they also want leadership roles, right? So, um, you know, along with uh, uh, increasing our um, deal uh, goals for this year, we also want to start bringing on or grow the agent count this year. So having people who have, you know, are in their third year of being with the team and now want to share their leadership skills and their time with new agents coming on board is very key as well. And it just speaks to how much people want to be a part of it and, and want to take ownership of their own um, um, area for helping everybody grow, right? So, what yeah, is the leadership that. team? What What does that look like? What is that in practicality? So, um, it's new. I will say that much. It's very, very new. Um, but so, what it is is um, it's the senior agents taking responsibility for um, training some of the junior agents that are coming on board. So, we've got a few junior agents that are coming on board later this month. They're just kind of finishing up their licensing. They're going to have a certain number of coaching sessions with the senior agents. 
Yeah, right. Like um, uh, shadowing mentorship um, and they're going to be able, the the person that's responsible for the junior agent doing a certain uh, number of deals by a certain time frame. I love that. The same is uh, we do, we apply the same principle. It's so funny how business is. We all have widgets that we t- tend to sell, right? Create all these different things. But in the end, business is you know the same across the board. Like for us with our sales team, we have a mentorship type program where you're first mentoring people, and then you prove out through your mentoring that you can help bring people up, and then you we then entrust you from the leadership standpoint. Uh, so I love that actually implementing a mentorship type program to give people the ability to kind of almost test out their ability before they take the plunge. Yeah. I want to kind of riff on that a little bit because in the beginning we talked about, you know, in your bio, you said that the licensing courses and the training programs and everything, they're not really setting up agents to be met with success once they actually hit the field. So kind of riffing on that same idea of mentorship, what do you mean by that? What are some of the things that you would tell new agents when they're starting out their career to have them begin with success. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, even just knowing how you should be spending your day. So you, you come out of the course, you've got this license, they taught you all these things about how to calculate mortgage interest rates and all these things, which all, all of us use apps on our phones or don't even do at all. Right. So the test has tested you on all the things you don't need to know in the real world of real estate. And now you're here and you're in the field and you don't know how many contacts you're supposed to make in a day. So if you, if your goal and or to survive, you need to sell one to two homes a month when you're starting out, what do you have to do? you know, on a day-to-day, um, what, what activities do you need to do in order to hit those targets? Most agents don't know that when they're starting out, right? So they'll kind of network with some friends. And, you know, I've heard really interesting things where people say like, oh yeah, I go golfing two times a week. So that's networking, right? <laughs> and you're like, what? I mean, meeting people is good, but you know, you want to have like 25 solid conversations every day, right? So things like that. Um, so I just don't think, Agents are being taught how to run a business when they become licensed. Um, And then from there, there's even conversations about, you know, how to write the contracts properly. We all are dealing with the same blank contracts, but crossing out two words of a clause can make all the difference in the world to uh, a, a buyer winning in a multiple offer situation. And none of that kind of stuff is covered in the courses. What's your goal for your team size? How, how large are you hoping to make this? Do you know that bar actually changes (laughs) from year to year? Originally, we just wanted to be small and lean and kind of be like boutique. That was, you know, we kind of had this this vision. Now, I think as we've stepped into a space of growth, we realize how much we have to offer other agents. But this year, the goal is to go from 6 to 20 agents. Whoa. Wow. 6 to 20 agents. Wow. That is crazy. (laughs) So what are the daily activities that you would have a new agent do? I'd I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. that. Like... Mm-hmm. So daily activities, attend lead conversion training. So, you know, okay. we have conversion training every single, uh, well, I shouldn't say every single day, but four times a week. Okay. Um, we also do, I think, well, we also have call time on the phone where we're actually all doing it via Zoom together. Um, so it's like, you got to show up for the work. We call it work the plan, plan to work, work the plan kind of time. So that's time blocked in. Um so making sure that they're they're hitting their phone um, targets. How many how many hours on the phone a day or dials per day do you guys do? Uh, well, dials can vary, but contacts the contact goal for the first um, month, like the first thirty days, is twenty five contacts a day. Nice, so awesome. Pretty, yeah, yeah. It's 
it's intensive. <laughs> and who, then, who are you guys calling? Are you calling FISBOs, expireds? What do you guys so We call? don't operate quite the same way in Canada okay. as you guys do in the States for that. Um, so a lot of it, so we have like about 20 lead gen platforms. Okay. Um, and so it's, you know, internet leads, stuff like that, sign calls. Um, a, that. I mean, I don't know what it's like in your guys' market, but right now if you put, if you put a listing on the MLS, you're going to get about a hundred inquiries on it. Yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. the same across the United States, but it's, it's like that in a lot of markets. It's crazy low inventory. So, yeah. so a lot of yeah. offers. So a lot yeah. of internet leads, 25 calls a day. And then uh, from there, they're making their calls. What else do you have agents do that are going to help them hit the target? Mm-hmm. So we have like a 30, 60, 90 day fast track, we call it. Um, so there's things that they have to hit in their first 30 days there's, and, and 60 days and it graduates. So um, then after the second week, they have to do a certain number of open houses. Some of that's COVID permitting. But um, so, so you know, gradually it's, it's about getting them into the field, having the right conversations. But upfront, it's the coaching and training and developing the habit to prospect is the most important thing. Um, and then we build on that as we go. I love that. Yep. It's literally like Josh and I talk about this all the time. It's frequency creates greatness. So the only way you get good at uh, converting leads is you actually have to try over and over (laughs) and over again. And the more combos you have, the better you're going to get at it. And then also this idea of what should an agent do every single day? Well, they got to show up, they got to prospect, they got to educate themselves, right? I think what do you, I don't know if you guys call it like the hot sheets, but you got to look at the MLS, you got to look at the market, you got to look at what's happening in the area, you got to educate yourself because you're supposed to be the subject matter expert, right? People want to buy from people they know, like, and trust. Well, part of that trust category is they got to believe you're the SME of your industry. Like there's nobody that understands the King of Prussia market better than Josh Stipe. And when you get there in the minds of the consumer, that's when they want to come to you. So the only barrier then is just, do they like you and do they know you? And the only way they're going to know you is if you're doing those 25 dials a day. Uh, So I love that. So I think you're spot on. What's so crazy is it's so simple. Yes. I don't know if you feel that. Like, why is it that agents, what do you see in your agents of why they're failing? Not saying your agents are failing, but why are agents failing when it really is that simple? I mean, caller reluctance, I'd say, is is so powerful in a lot of people. Like, you know, when that phone feels like it's like, a thousand pounds and you're like, Oh God, I've just had like five conversations with people who don't want to talk to me or, and I I think just not having the skill level too, because now like the people that are successful on our team are the agents that are on the team to us. Like if we haven't made 25 contacts that day, we haven't worked. So that's kind of the culture and the mentality of putting ourselves in that. So like, I mean, even if you took a listing today, if you didn't go ahead and make your contacts or do your prospecting, you haven't worked that day. Mm. And actually, as a team leader, I had to like switch that off because it's been such a habit that it, it's ingrained in me that I'm like, oh man, if I'm not calling prospects, what am I doing kind of thing, right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, the, that's the best golden nugget of the whole episode. If you haven't made your 25 contacts in a day, you haven't worked. Haven't I worked. love that. That's such a good mentality. Such a good mentality. Yeah. So to get agents in that mentality, um, and and not everybody's going to embrace it. So I think um, as a team leader, you have to you have to realize when somebody's just not they're they're just not going to fit into that culture. Like if that's your culture, um, but 
we, I mean, we said affirmations all the time. Like I used to lead affirmations, right? And we would say things like, my phone is my ATM. I handle objections with ease. I love the phones. And <laughs> sometimes it's a joke, but sometimes so good. you're just like psyching yourself up, right? Um, so yeah, we would do that before our call nights and then everybody would be in there together. You could hear people making calls. We all know that we're in it together. And it's that dedicated time of like sitting here knowing that your whole team is here prospecting with you because mm. there's no other way. I love that. It's the right culture to have. It's a culture of standards, I think. And, and you can almost put anything in there, like the prospecting is one of those things, but all these other avenues that you should be doing every single day. And if you are not confident in yourself, you're listening to this, right? This interview, and you don't have the confidence in yourself. You don't feel good about yourself right now. Because I think so many agents and so many people go about life not feeling good about themselves. If you don't feel good about yourself, Start keeping the promises that you made to yourself. Start keeping the standards that you set. You will be so surprised what it does, not only to your attitude, but literally chemically in your body. Like if you tell yourself, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lose 10 pounds and you lose 10 pounds, you will feel good about yourself and it will give you the confidence to lose that next 10 pounds. And so if you tell yourself, I suck at cold calling, but I will make my 25 dials before I get my cup of coffee and you do that, and you do that consistently for a couple of days, you're going to feel good about yourself. And it's going to give you the power when you do those affirmations that you're talking about. It's going to be, not be built on just BS that you never did anything. It's going to be built on the actual practicality of you put in the work. You know what I mean? You put in the work to get there. So I love that. I think that's absolutely critical. Absolutely. So we got to ask you, right? Because we ask all the successful people who come on the show... Okay. Hard to believe that half hour has already gone by, but um, uh, we've got to ask you, what routines have you implemented in your life? Because here you are, you've sold millions worth of real estate. You've built a team of six agents. You're very successful. What are the routines that you've implemented that have driven success for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so living by my calendar is first and foremost. So always making sure that my calendar reflects what's important to me in my life. Um, so if it's not in my calendar, like it could be my best friend's birthday. If it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. Right. So just really, really living by my calendar. I think that's key. Um, definitely, you know, there's like the usual things like taking care of yourself, eating right. But one of the other things that really, um, made a difference for me was actually setting a timer to, for when I go to sleep rather than worrying about when I'm waking up in the morning. Um, cause I, cause I find that a lot of people, that's actually the piece that they struggle with. It's not that you're not an early bird. It's probably that you were up till midnight the night before or what have you. So that's, um, a routine that I've set up for myself. Um, and then also this is a lot of MREA, but being strict about not working on the one day a week that I am taking off, that is 100% off. And, mm-hmm. um, that's a routine that's actually really helps me reset and be productive when I'm back at it. I love that. What advice well, would back you... and tell? Yeah. Josh, Josh and I are on a, like a Zoom delay, but we have the same thought process. I love it. <laughs> now, Patricia, what would you go back and tell younger Patricia? Right before you started the career, your career here in, in real estate, what would you go back and tell her? Be the dumbest person in the room. So whatever it is you're trying to do, find a room of, and whether that means coaching, masterminding, whether you're talking to like a teacher or, you know, somebody, just a mentor or somebody in your family, find somebody who has done it better and um, make sure that you're getting information from them. So don't be looking downward, look upward. And it's a little bit scary, but you, if you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So good. 
No, I love that. I love that. It also goes along with building a team. Like you want to hire people who are better than you. And I think so many people fear that whenever they're building a team, I think so many leaders fear that because, well, if this person's better than me, what happens to my job, you know, but being able to have the confidence and surround yourself with experts and people that know more than you and can do it better. Absolutely. Key to success. Thank you so much for being here, Patricia, before we close out, let people know how they can uh, connect with you. Absolutely. So katiki.ca is our website at katiki.ca on Instagram at katiki.ca on Facebook. If you type in katiki.ca, you will find us. <laughs> You're our second uh, Canadian interview. We just, we just had a, another interview from Canada. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're loving Canada. We're going global, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. Where's, what's, who's the other market center? Uh, Andrea Bloom. Is, I don't uh, know what market center she's in. That would be... But uh, Andrea Bloom, oh. yeah, she's a top producer there uh, yeah. in Canada. So She was in Toronto. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. guys for having me. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk with you guys. No, we absolutely love it. And thank you all so much for listening. To dive deeper into this episode, get all of the links that we mentioned that uh, Patricia mentioned there. You can go to statepaidpodcast.com. Uh, you can also get the show notes for this episode there and the video here so you can watch uh, Luke and I awkwardly trying to figure out which one is going to ask the next question. If you want to get a hold of me, Luke, <laughs> You can uh, connect with us on Instagram. We're at State Paid Podcast. Luke is at Luke Acri. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, the best way is to uh, share this episode with a friend. If you know of someone in real estate wondering if they should be starting a team, it's a great opportunity to share this episode with them. Or if you're looking for someone who's looking into getting into real estate or just starting off their career, Patricia gave some excellent gold nuggets on what new agents should be doing. And of course, you can uh, it, uh, review the episode on uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review and a comment for this episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike. I love you, man. I can tell he's over Zoom. You guys got to watch this video. You can tell he's struggling at the end of the outro. No, this is a great episode. You're brutal, man. You're brutal. Yeah, to go back and listen to, you know, we always keep it real, Stay Paid. You know, we always keep it real. Here, here's your action item. Like, I want the action item to be, look, if you haven't made 25 contacts in a day, you haven't worked, but that's like just a statement. Like, that's a bare minimum foundation. Like if you haven't made 25 contacts, you haven't, you haven't worked. So you have to do that every day. Here's your action item though. You want to get leveraged, right? You want to have leverage in your business and leverage in your life. The first step to doing that is you have to do document and then delegate right? So first you're doing the task. Second, you're documenting the task. Third, you're delegating out that task. You're hiring that team member to take over that minimum wage uh, you know, task that you can then leverage to go use your time on something more valuable. So take action in your business doing what Patricia did, which is literally documenting her whole day, her whole week to find out where am I spending my time and what can I delegate off to another team member to make me more valuable in what I'm doing? Remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 